Hello, hello, and welcome back to Slow with the Wigglies. I am your host, Rachel Batson, and today I have a guest host here who is my sister, Kayla. You want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Um, It's nice to, I guess, meet you guys, and I... All five of my listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And... (laughs) And I am looking forward to having whatever conversation we end up having tonight, Rachel. Yeah, so um, the plan with this is just to kind of do... I'm going to update you guys just on what's been going on with my life. And then, you know, if my sister and I break into conversation, you guys are going to hear that. Um, I I know they don't need the reminder, but just a reminder to, to you if we're talking about anybody... Um, to either okay. use Coded. fake names yeah, or use, use like, names. you could technically use first names <laughs> as long as you don't think anyone's going to listen to it. Um, no. just as long as you don't use last names because you don't want to like, I don't know, get in trouble for doing anything. Um, um I feel like I'm going to know who your code names are talking about, but you can, yeah. yeah, you can write them down. No, too. it's okay if you do, but say I show the person it's about the episode and I'm not ready for them to know oh, it's about them. Oh, that it's them. about them. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, okay. exactly, because I feel like there is a certain someone that might come up in this conversation. Gotcha. I feel like I already know who that certain someone is, Yeah, that works. Oh, my cats. Okay. Um, so to start off with my update, not a lot has happened since my last episode. I mean, well, kind of a lot has happened, but I don't want to take too much time with it. There was, like, this huge thing with my ex, and I really feel like it was, like, kind of a trial from the universe that was trying to see if I would, you know, go back into old patterns, and I'm really proud of myself because... I stuck with it and I had a really like mature stance in my opinion and I still felt very you know detached and like rational in in the conversation and I didn't let him get the best of me there was a lot of toxicity that was being displayed there a lot of hateful things um that he was saying (laughs) he actually called me a worthless cunt which was you know fantastic he called me a bitch he said I could rot in hell and I was just you know holding my own and doing well so I'm proud of that um things with my current boyfriend are going well in fact you know just feeling stronger than ever he's been really great really supportive and every time I feel like I am like too crazy or I have too much going on or you know, I feel scared about opening up to him about certain aspects of my life. He always, like, surprises me with just how well he handles things and how he doesn't, like, I don't know, react in a really bad way when I am my myself. Um, so that's going well. I'm in the process of moving. Uh, well, not quite yet, but I guess packing to move. I'll be moving in less than a week. Uh, I'm really excited for that. I think it's going to be a fresh a fresh start um and something else I did for myself was I've decided to apply to my job my same job to work PRN instead of working night shift and the reason for that is because while I really like working night shift I think it is really 
messed with um, my well-being in general, like my mental, emotional well-being. Um, I think it was like, I don't know, my whole sleep schedule was messed up and I was just not getting enough sleep and not eating enough and it, it put me in kind of a rut and I feel like I don't have energy to even like go to doctor's appointments or cook for myself or <laughs> drink enough water and with classes coming up I'm gonna need to be on my game and I think I've been like avoiding changing my work shift because I don't want to I don't know like demote myself or like be yeah. weak and not be able to like do that and I've worked for this exact same company that's actually how Rachel found out about the company and um, she still had to of course interview and show her own skills and merit to get the job um, but I worked there and it is one of the most intense and high burnout jobs you can work in and especially during night yeah shows. and I used to work uh night 12 hour shifts all the time I even worked a couple 16 and 24 hour shifts yeah before. they've been having me do 16s lately so and that's okay and I will say like I'm not gonna lie things are slower on night shift like day shift has more um like fast pace work like more uh tasks just stacked up that have to be done really quickly and I will yeah. give them that and like if if any of my fellow night shifters listen to this don't come at me it's just the truth but the whole fact of trying of having to be like nocturnal and then go back to not being nocturnal and like staying awake for that whole shift when you're supposed to be sleeping like it messes with your hormones we're still doing lots of work like we're still working through that shift but, like, I will say, like, it's not like day shift is easy. It's just, like, night shift is just, <laughs> it's a whole other thing. I think yeah, even it's a people... whole other ball game, and especially the amount of patient load ratio to pro- to provider uh Oh, yeah, there's so much less people. Is diff is super different. Um, and I don't know so how it is sometimes sorry (laughs) Uh, no I kind of cut you off I was just like adding Um, I don't know how it was when you worked there but it's literally like one nurse one RA sometimes two RAs for the whole night and like during day shift there's like a ton of RAs there's multiple nurses um like I said there are last last (laughs) there are less specific time points to be doing depending the clinical trials that are in house yeah it does depend on the trial and it depends just like where we are at with how many like participants are there and stuff but like there's there's just so much like like one thing is that you know when you're working night shift technically half of your shift is in one day and half of your shift is in the next so if you're working three nights you're technically working parts of like four days total and you have to like recover from that and then become normal what parts of five days really yeah it'd be four right because so like if i did monday tuesday wednesday i would start my shift monday and tuesday and then start another sunday into monday then monday into no so if my shift was monday tuesday Tuesday, Wednesday, wednesday like it's starting on monday right okay so that goes until tuesday morning 
and then you go back Tuesday evening, which yeah. goes until Wednesday morning, and then you go yeah. back Wednesday evening, which goes into um, Thursday. Wait, I'm trying to do my math. It would be four. It wouldn't be five. Okay. <laughs> do you see it's what I'm weird. saying? Because it starts in the but, evening yeah. and it ends in the morning, but because those days in between, you're doing yeah. the morning and the evening. But that's it would make also four if total. you're doing three night shifts in a row. Yeah, if you're doing them spread out, it's like a whole other ball game. Which and I would do. Yeah, it was torture. They typically try to do three days, three days in a row for me, but like they don't always get it, and I know that that's hell. But I think it just gets real funky. Better. Like I don't understand how anybody does night shifts. Like even if your job during night shift was to do nothing but stay awake, the fact that you have to then like when you're off of work, go back into like normal human life and exist yeah. around other people and do other things like you have to get back on a normal sleep schedule and then go back to being nocturnal over and over and over again every Which single week. Which is a week. very challenging thing on the body. Yeah. And this isn't a job where like time is very specific with this job. Like all of our procedures are timed and things like that so it it can definitely fluctuate with how much burnout comes with it yeah um because again the patient load and the different types of clinical trials sometimes even have more um uh, procedures to do at night for certain very specific clinical trials and it can be hard like when I worked one of my 24 hour shifts it was just me the one clinical research associate and then uh, one nurse which was Becca and then uh <laughs> it's okay. Shoot. You didn't say her last name. This could yeah. be any nurse named Becca. Okay? Yeah. And you're not saying and anything about And then one so. lab tech. Yeah. It's not fun. With um, 100 patients and a super intense night. Like, every single second for 24 hours of my day and night was... And I came out of that shift to my car buried in five feet of snow <laughs> yoinks i definitely i i didn't have like an entire 24-hour shift but i did have to stay in between two shifts because of the snow so i just like stayed at the hospital and, and slept, slept there in one of the empty did, participant yeah. rooms i've done that too um a couple times but there was one time just everyone called out, and I was already working at day 12, and then I was, like, one of the very few people willing to stay. Yeah. That's how they get you. You do it, like, once or twice, and then you're their go-to. They're yeah. like, oh, someone called out. Can you come in early? And it's like, yeah, sure, I don't need I sleep. I was always the go-to while I was full-time pre-med neurosurgeon track and working two other jobs totally on top of it. Thank you. Um, it's tough, my dude, but 
Yeah, so that's like, it's, I definitely don't think it's as tough as it was for you now, just because after, like, during COVID time, things totally shut down, and now they're starting to pick back up, and yeah. so I, I don't know what level of capacity we're at. We're definitely not at 100. I don't know if we're at 75, um, but uh, it's it definitely isn't as strenuous as when you were working there, but it is still, like... Uh, I think the scheduling is better too. Like our yeah. time sheets were insane. The yeah. way we had to. That's how it was when I was starting. Procedures. So like for day shift when I started when I first was like training and stuff, like when they pick back up, they pick back up heavy. It was yeah. it was rudely heavy. Um, what? but night shift has been like a lot easier for me as far as task heaviness goes like there's a lot more downtime than there was for me during day shift um that being said it is still just that it's for me it's more just like mentally and emotionally yeah. tasking because and dealing with your sleep cycle yeah it's so essential that just like messes up health. everything i mean first of all you're not getting like vitamin d like yeah. um you're uh the the the, the b- <laughs> circadian rhythm or whatever it's called yeah that thing is all out of whack yeah that's Um, your sleep cycle you just start like being in a foggy haze for your entire life and like it's it's fine you just kind of deal with it but (laughs) you're just like dissociated yeah it like it it kicks you in the face at some point and you're like yeah, I need to be a normal human being now, because it's, like... And it basically drains your adrenal glands, and, like, like, it makes your body produce so much adrenaline, and then, like, your body gets, like, short-circuited of adrenaline, like, it cannot produce anymore, but then you build up so many cortisol (laughs) levels of stress. It's tough, and it's tough when, like, your friends don't really get it, because then, you know, everyone else has these, like, expectations of you about, like, how much you can hang out, and, like, what Mm -hmm. you can do, and it it sucks to admit that, like, you can't even take care of yourself, like, you can't even clean when you want to clean, and you can't even eat when you want to eat, because there is just no energy left. Yeah. So, it's gotten to that point, it's gotten to that point, and I'm glad I finally, like, admitted it to myself, and decided to um, apply PRN. Hopefully I get PRN. I can't do full-time because my classes, um, but I'm gonna try to get as many hours in those, like, PRN slots that I give them of my schedule. If I get the position, which I'm hoping I do, they might need to keep me on night shift for a little bit until they can find someone else. I don't know how. You likely will get the position. It's just they might put pressure on you on how long you stay working nights or how many nights a month you'll take PRN. I'd be fine doing, like, you know, a night every now and then, maybe a couple nights a month or something, like full 12s. Um, And I could even do some day 12s on the weekends and stuff. I just can't be doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Like, you're, you're doing the three twelves a yeah. week, right? I am indeedy. I used to be on that, the three night twelves a week, and then, but mine weren't put together, so, yeah. and I was full-time in school, um, like... That's 
I started out, though. Yeah. Like, right now it's summer. But I was doing school when I started nights. I started nights soon after I started the job, actually, because I started in August of 2020, and then I started nights in, like, September, October. Um, I will say one added benefit, though, for you is because of COVID, some of that overlapping time, you did have your classes online, correct? I did. Which... Which I never had online classes, and I was a full-time student during yeah. this. <laughs> I will say that is like, uh, I don't know, I was going to say a mixed bucket. Um, it's Pros like, and cons. Yeah, it's like better in some ways and worse in some ways, because For yes, like while it's online, it's easier in the sense that, you know, I could... I could literally do homework while I'm there sometimes. Like, yeah. Um, it was easier in that way, but, <laughs> like, actual concentration and learning things. Like, when you're taking, like, chem and bio classes while doing that and trying to teach it to yourself from online and not actually having any interaction with an instructor is, like, not easy. Like, I failed my classes, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I tried my best, and that's okay. And then I decided that pre-med is not my route anyway. So, it worked out. It's all peachy keen. Uh, I decided I'm going to major in social work and double major in philosophy. Uh, so, that's going to be exciting. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's the current vibe. I knew you were going into like the mental health industry but I didn't know you decided on social work instead of psychology as your major well which is a great route to go yeah Um, so I want to be a therapist I feel kind of uneasy about the psych route for like two reasons one being that um I've only taken one psych course and so doing uh, a major in psych would require a lot of new classes See, I already minored in psych when I was pre-med. Yeah, I've only taken intro to psych, and this is the beginning of my junior year, so I would have to be staying, like, a lot longer. But social work, luckily, the major, while it does require a lot of social work classes, it's less than the amount of new psych classes I would have to take. Like, some of their things are just, like, other required courses, like you know, like, maths and humanities and stuff like that. Yeah, but they're Um, usually easier ones than the pre-med route, to be honest. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not, like... Um, You know, like, they're hard in different ways, like, even... At least with math, I feel like. Yeah, um... Oh, for, like, the math, yeah, the math requirements are less than the pre-med ones, but... I already did my did math that. ones. <laughs> so it worked out. I actually did... It does require stats, uh, statistics, um, yeah. but I did that uh, in dual enrollment when I was in high school, which is peachy keen. I don't have to do that anymore. Um, which one did it give you credit for? Which stat course? I don't know. I think it's like like general statistics or oh. like... I don't know if it's intro to stat, because I think it was, like, like the normal level stat class, but I don't know. Specific stat that's known for pre-med students yeah. that I had to take while I was at UMBC. We did, for my, like, pre-med route, I wasn't, I mean, maybe my stats uh, qualified for that, but the only math courses that I was required to take was um, pre-calc and calc, which I did. Um, 
but uh, I oh, don't know. They must have changed. They the might have required stat too, and it might have just like my dual enrollment one might have just qualified it. So they changed the math one too. I don't know, but um, my other reason for not wanting to do psych is just because I like the kind of therapist I want to be. I don't think is going to need a huge, huge psych background. Like, mm-hmm. while a, a lot of it I understand, like, I do have a, a I guess, like, a, you, a good general knowledge of psychology, yeah. I think a lot of it doesn't need to be broken down so much into such, mm-hmm. like, difficult, dissected terms. I think on, like, a patient-to-patient or client-to-client basis, it's, like, you know, I want to, like, help them get to the roots of their problems, of their trauma, of yeah. how their minds work, and I don't need it to be so, like, clinical. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, like, I wouldn't be the one doing any sort of diagnosing, because I wouldn't be a psychiatrist. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you can, if you get your MD or PhD in social work, you can diagnose, but you can't uh, treat, uh, like, you'd have to be a psychiatrist to prescribe medication. Well, I don't plan on diagnosing, like, the most, as far as I would go, is to say that, like, you know, if a client brings up to me their concern that they might have this. That you would refer them. Yeah, I would refer them, or I would say, you know, that does seem like it could be a possible thing. You might want to speak to this person about it. Yeah. Um, But for me, I'd rather, like, help them learn to, like, cope with things and manage with things Mm -hmm. and, like, go go with the flow in their life. I'd like to teach them to go slow with the Wigglies, you know? Um, Be just, like, a a helpful support system. And most importantly, I don't want to be such of an advisor, like... You know, if they ask for help, of course, I would like to give advice, but, um, you something... You want to listen and help yeah. get, help give them tools that they yeah. themselves implement. Like, something we've talked about is I often, growing up, had difficulty, like, you know, if your parents or your friends tell you not to do something, and they, like, they're hard on you about it, then the next time you do that thing, you don't want to open up to them about it because you're scared you're going to get that same reaction. And judgment. Yeah. Or punishment. So that's why I don't want to do that. Et cetera. I just want to, like, be there. And even if they mess up, mess up, in quotations, over and over and over the same way, like, I want them to still feel comfortable telling me. Yeah. Did you know you can actually get... As far as counseling goes, which is the route I, because I want to do therapy as well, however, mine might be a little bit more specialized to a Mm -hmm. couple specializations. Do you have any, like, Uh, ideas about where that is? Like, I'm interested. Like, specializations? Yeah. Which ones? Like, Like, what groups you're thinking? Yeah, like, um like lgbtq plus couples therapy um working with chronic and terminal illness patients yeah Uh, (laughs) i can see all these ones (laughs) (laughs) certain things Um, and working with a lot of uh patients who have anxiety based 
disorders like PTSD and OCD and and things in that realm because um, anxiety is something so common but it's there's such a spectrum Mm -hmm. of anxiety that it can be absolutely crippling for people to do the most mundane tasks oh yeah and and sometimes all they need are like certain tools in their toolbox um or someone to hear them out without judgment to like just kind of relieve a block in their life yeah no i i think those would be great groups for you to specialize in um what were you telling you were on your way to telling me what you can do as a counselor so you can actually get your in maryland you can practice as a therapist and get your licensure with just your associate's degree in the community college that's in our parents county Ah. They offer a social, a psychology specialization in social work, uh, associate's degree, and uh, counseling licensure. Okay. And you only need your associate's degree. So I, because of my disabilities and limitations, I was thinking that might be the route I go because once I finish my bachelor's degree with psychology online I would just take whatever last couple classes I would need for the associates in psychology with a social work license mm-hmm. um, from that community college and then I could have my license um whereas most people need a master's or PhD in other states to be a social worker and do therapy well that sounds like a good route sounds like you got it all planned out yeah, and then later I might go back to school if my disabilities become less... They if become they, more manageable? Yes. Um, I might go back into... Because I still... Like, medical is... Out of mental health and medical health... Um, or mental health and physical health, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, my number one passion is still medical based, but because of my disabilities, I know that I physically cannot do them. And I'm still very passionate about mental health. That's why I had my minor in psychology. Um, and, like, when I was pre-med, I was on the neurosurgeon track, so I was already studying neuroscience as well. Mm. Um, and I, so I double minored in psychology and emergency health services and majored 
in bio with the added pre-med uh, neurosurgeon track. Okay. But right now it's going to go back to psychology and then psychology with a focus in social work. So I'd have my bachelor's in psychology and my associate's in social work and psychology and social work but I'd be a certified social worker and licensed therapist no I feel that I like uh one thing I did want to say earlier because I forgot to say it was um at least for me and like the group I am trying to go towards I think is like you know, as of right now, I feel like it would be my age range, but that might just be because that's the age I've gotten to. I'd say, like, maybe, like, teenage, teenage Like, adolescents. Yeah. And young adults. Um, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's going to change, and I don't know if I have a general, like, group in that age range I want to specify to, but, like, for me, when I go to therapy, it's kind of like, you know, every time I just go there and I talk about what's happened since the last time I went there and you know what was big and uh like what I might have realized or you know what I'm having trouble with and that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I would like things to go you know just kind of the general public whether it's someone who does have like crippling anxiety or depression um or it could be somebody who really doesn't have that much going on but just you know needs someone to talk to Uh, well i think everybody needs therapy yeah i agree like even if you're even if you're the the smartest professional in that field with the most diverse we all need someone to lean on and the most whatever um they like that they still should also be seeing a therapist yeah i think everyone should pretty much anyone who doesn't have any trauma just hasn't realize what their trauma is yeah and you know there is such a thing as like blissful ignorance but i don't know if like everyone wants to live that way i guess it it should be up to the person yeah Uh, no one's gonna force anybody to go to therapy but i think everyone could use it i think everyone could benefit from it but i wouldn't want it to be forced on people that that don't want it yeah exactly and I I feel you on the passion thing I think for me it's like I my passion my drive is medicine however it feels like unhealthy to me at this point I think it was something that um was very very big for me and very strong and it still is I mean every time I'm at work or I talk to to anybody about like health health related subjects or you know when I watch a tv show or Mm -hmm. when I see things online or whatever like it does spark that thing in me but I think it it was so much that in order to do so I would have to neglect you know myself and a lot of the things that I love like I think I would have to you know give up 
a lot of like my social life like my my mental health like it would be just a lot of pushing grinding and driving to finally achieve that goal and I kind of don't agree with that route in the first place yeah I I don't agree with how the system is set up for medical students I think it's way too extra like Uh, and especially the university we went to the pre-med because I compared it like because it is one of the best pre-med programs in the country as far as it's seen as like one of the most difficult but many people go it's like a harvard medicine feeder program Mm -hmm. i don't know if you knew that but that's its biggest i didn't know uh school of medicine our our university feeds into okay but yeah it's just like i feel like a lot of things can be learned like Mm hands-on just by like being shown and i think you could learn more about the body that way and so so many things are just unnecessary and then there's the whole like just in college you have to also have all of these other different things like you have to have you know like language credits and like arts credits and stuff so many unnecessary you couldn't just like go to med school like right out of high school you know and just start like learning that stuff and i wish there was like an anatomy and physiology like major major, yeah like because with biology they they make you take so many things yes biology is definitely necessary but the types of biology they make you take for the pre-med route at our university yeah exactly they're very hands off and on top of it it's a honors university that we go to (laughs) so that doesn't really help like it's like they make things so much harder than they need to be and especially people like you and I who have to pay a lot of our own bills (laughs) while we're college students Um, because a lot of people who go to our same university don't work yeah who are pre-med that's true um i and i remember noticing i was working three jobs Mm -hmm. and helping my cousin raise her two kids and also on top of that uh, uh, being a full-time pre-med student with a major and a double mine and double minors, and uh, it does it's a take lot. <laughs> a crazy intense toll, and uh, and especially with those classes, like I said, those bio classes that really are just not necessary for people going to med school that's why i wish there was a like anatomy and physiology based uh like like, when you think about the way we did our cna program that was perfect because meanwhile while you were learning about like anatomy and physiology and also learning about healthcare stuff you also had that hands-on portion like i don't know if that's how it worked with you like the three classes yep yeah. We so, had medical terminology. Yeah. And, and there was anatomy and physiology. There was, um, 
Shoot, I'm trying to remember the others because there was also like the second semester where you had other stuff. Yeah. Um, but there was the specific like CNA class where you learn to do things hands on. You learn to do things with all of the the little dummy mannequin things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was perfect, and it it took up half half of your school day. I'm pretty sure it didn't take up the whole thing. Um, it it at least when I was in it, it took three out of four periods yeah and i think it was that. it but you got your uh cna and gna after the, after first... the first semester yeah. of of years like senior year of high school and then you could choose to go the medical assistant, surgical, um... Surge tech. Yeah, surge, surgical technician, or, uh, there's one other route I'm There forgetting. were five when I did it. One of them was oh. patient care tech. Um, patient care tech is very close to an MA, but... Well, like, they were still two different, like, oh, things. Oh, they had There was like also, that. like... There was also the internship one where so you the could... internship is the third one they had yeah. with mine, and um, I went the MA route. I think there was like there was the internship, there was search tech, there was the MA one, there was PCT, and I think there was a fifth, and I forget what it is. I don't know if the internship was paid, but I feel like there was one that did come with getting paid. Um, I could absolutely be wrong. It might have been like dental or something. I forget. It was it was something. Well, there's. Like a physical therapy one, but it's not That's really like a separate program. Yeah, though. it's not in yeah. the CNA, GNA. I, I think there were five, though, because I remember it was really, it was pretty cool. I was really happy about it. They did it, like, That's based cool. on, like, your grades. Basically, you, like, numbered, like, one through five of, like, the we ones you wanted. We did one through yeah. three and our grades, and luckily I got my number yeah, one. Yeah, I was so happy to get surge check. Like... I know I was gonna go your same route because like I know you and mom were like hyping it up to me but like dude yeah. the the thrill the the passion the fire I had yeah. in the surge tech one just like learning all of the tools and procedures and then going to watch surgeries happen like right in front of me yeah exactly. that was insane like that was literally everything. I just my only problem with that is that you didn't get you would like get your MA license under the Maryland Board of Nursing afterwards, but the surge tech, you wouldn't get your licensure yeah. in that. You don't it, get you any certification take, from that? You, well, you can get a license, but you have to take additional courses at either a community oh, yeah, college yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. uh university to finish but it's not that like you like out. left with a thing like you it, would have yeah to that's what i'm saying yeah. so but the ma you did leave which is yeah. why i think the pct I one didn't, too. or else i would have done i would have done search tech if it came with one yeah that yeah. is totally fair it was, like, it was rude. <laughs> they did, like, the little intros and stuff, you know, where, like, like each, um, where the teachers, like, gave explanations of each thing. Mm -hmm. And when, when my teacher, one of the teachers was going over the search tech thing, what, the search tech one, I was just, like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. It was so much. And yeah. so, then I gave up on that dream. So, it's fine. <laughs> 
Um, well, we realize things about ourselves and what's, like, realistic for the type of life we want to live. Yeah. I want to live a, a, a balance. Good, good, balanced, slow, peaceful life, if I yeah. can. And I mean, don't get me wrong, social work is definitely an incredibly hard industry, but I will say the schooling versus the schooling for for getting your MD are totally different in difficulty level. They really are. Which allows you to, so while both fields, like, I feel like, I feel like if most MD programs were set up differently, then I could get, I could get my doctorate so easily, but because our university was so extra with the pre-med route, um, They're tasking in their own ways, too, like, um, Depending on oh, the courses, you know. They're still tasking. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like like I think it depends how you're schoolwork. oriented. Because if, if yeah. you're like math science oriented, doing classes where you have to like do more like logical thinking and writing papers and stuff might be harder for you. Whereas if you're like more on like the English route and like you're more big into um, philosophy and social work and stuff like that, then yeah. it would be easier for you than you know maths and sciences. So I get it. Just depends on the thing. I like I will say I <laughs> I agree. Pre med is definitely way harder than the route I'm going on now, but I think but it does it depend from person to person. Health. Yeah, yeah, I do think that even though medicine is my number one passion and psychology is a very close second psychology neuroscience social work etc is a very close second Mm -hmm. I with my disabilities I would burn out before I could actually do the work Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing how long we've been doing. Wow, we've already gotten a good chunk of this episode. We could even make it into two. Yeah, it'll probably have to be two parts if we keep going, because it's already at 40 minutes. Yeah. 42, to be exact. Um, did, So, this is literally just, like, my update. <laughs> um, yeah, that's did, great. Did you want to, like, get into any other, like, subjects or other things you want to talk about? I know... You had your, like, recent spiritual awakening, um, that, or, like, a, a big thing mm-hmm. happened with you, and there's also, like, you know, we could talk about childhood stuff, we could <laughs> talk about, I don't know, anything. Yeah, there's a bunch of topics we could talk about. Um, before we end this portion, or this update, I did want to ask you, uh, if you had any, like, I know you said the age range you'd like to specialize in with therapy, but are there specializations that you want to, like... Target? Target, yeah. So, kind of like I said earlier, it could really range from people with, like, severe symptoms and people with 
like no symptoms like at all or you know? seem asymptomatic yeah, yeah. like it, it really could be anybody I'd say you know as far as things I can relate to I would say kind of similarly like anxiety based things like PTSD or like yeah. general anxiety disorder like panic OCD. attacks you know paranoia stuff like that um but uh you know honestly I could deal with like <laughs> depression too because I've experienced that like um yeah. it, it could really you know could be a lot like I think maybe like a general I don't know I was umbrella. gonna say like girls but honestly I would love to reach out to to, to really all genders, so... Yeah. I... It sounds like you just want to specialize in overall adolescent, young adult yeah. mental health. Yeah. And then also have some specializations on the side, which is, like, for me, the LGBTQ couples and mm-hmm. singles therapy, the... Uh, chronic illness and terminal illness um, which like you don't even with some of these it, it like you can do very small programs where you submit pretty much a thesis to name like something as one of your mm-hmm. special specialities specialties specialties wow. <laughs> specialities I cannot talk I have not slept very well <laughs> yeah exactly so like because because of your own personal experiences if you've learned enough, when you've experienced everything so you have <laughs> no generalization well, no specialty specialty when you've experienced well i'm saying when you've experienced so much sometimes you're able to list those if you can prove to different companies you work for when you apply for a job um if you are in like private practice versus like a group practice that each have their own offices and a shared group like when you work in different practices sometimes you just need to present like to them the what you've experienced learned mm-hmm. and dealt with I think, like, what I realized... As to what you can list as a specialization like, as well. just now I realized that, like, I'm taking the same approach that I take towards everything in life, whereas, like, when it comes to my own um, mental stuff and, you know, my identity, my sexuality, like, all of these things for me, I don't really, like, labels or categories. Like, for me, it's just, like, I am who I am yeah. and it is what it is and I totally understand like the benefits and the necessity the, of having labels there for are people. pros and cons of labels yeah. like yeah I like no I see like I totally understand why some people would need them I'm just like I personally don't like to do that and I'm the same way when it comes to like my mental symptoms or mental emotional symptoms because I for me personally, I think a diagnosis wouldn't be helpful. I think 
it would I would kind of lean into it I think if I had that Mm -hmm. label then I would start you know identifying with it where some people they need it because it's like you're experiencing all these things and you don't know what's going on you don't know how to exactly so it's like I totally understand that aspect but for me I know I would be the type to like take that on as almost like a personality trait because it's something I've done in the past and so for me I think I want to reach out to like generally any category because even when it comes to stuff Mm -hmm. in my life I see that everything is just you know connected and I don't separate it as much as like this category and this category like I see it all is related so I think I would just kind of go with whoever walks into my door and wants to be a client (laughs) yeah I mean I I feel I feel that way too but not as strongly as you because of my own experience with um my one of my therapists who I'm not naming um you personally know but one of the therapists I've had in my life um specializes in chronic illness and terminal illness patients however this person is also in the lgbtq community i originally started seeing this person we can call her frank particularly (laughs) uh, when you started seeing frank (laughs) when i um started seeing frank Frank pronouns she her (laughs) and they um and she identifies as a lesbian. Um, I started seeing her specifically for therapy on chronic illness and terminal illness, but I was also coming out to a lot of people that could drastically damage my life during the same time, and she just happened to also like special that's like specialize in certain things and understand things that happen and you go through in the Frank gets LGBTQ it. community versus uh the straight straight community and couples and like almost having like a delayed adolescence in a sense if you grew up with like a lot of like religious trauma and just different things so that's why labels were helpful for me um because i think it's like that like for most people too like i'm not trying to say i'm anything special but a lot of people i've like had conversations with about it also agree that labels have been very beneficial for them to understand what they're experiencing and I can totally see that and I totally understand why I think just like I said for me personally they're more rather than they rather than being like liberating like freeing they're 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 like confining for me and isolating yeah so it's like like I said you know when it comes to my gender identity I don't I 
I don't yeah. know what, what to tell you that that would be because I just am who I yeah. am. Like I feel I like feel I like have with my gender. divine femininity. I have divine masculinity. I have neutrality. I'm just a human chilling here, and my sexuality is like I like who I like, and that's yeah. it is what it is. I'll do what I want with whoever I want if I choose to. You know? Yeah, exactly. My symptoms are my symptoms, but I don't necess- I don't like. Like, there are probably categories you could put my symptoms in and give me a diagnosis, but I feel like I don't need those. Like, I feel like I want to treat them based on, like, each individual circumstance and each individual symptom rather than, like, an entire, like, label altogether. Yeah, as far as labels when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community and specializing in it, I'm not looking to label others Mm -hmm. but more just the journey you go through when you're struggling in that world is very and it societally it is changing but not changing nearly as fast as it should yeah um it should already be changed (laughs) (laughs) and and so i you know i was able once I identified the fact that I'm a lesbian and but I used to just kind of identify as like you like I am who I am I identify as pansexual but then I realized later on that I'm a lesbian and that was really helpful in learning why I had so many certain behaviors in my life, mm-hmm. um, especially in relationships with, like, romantic relationships yeah. and also relationships with religion and things like, like, my, like, yeah. there's just different A lot of the things, things you that go. you've experienced, you, you have, like, learned through dealing with those things so you also want to help other people dealing with those same things yeah so no i totally get that i will say this is probably a good place to stop until like next episode or part two um like we can still continue this i just want to stop the episode because it's going to stop recording after an hour and it's been like 50 something minutes okay Um, and the one other thing i'll say is with gender i agree with you like My pronouns are, like, she, her, they, and honestly, people can call me whatever they want, as long as it's not, like, I would prefer people not to use derogatory names, Mm -hmm. um, for people in the community, but... I identify as worthless cunt. I, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, you know, but I, as far as my gender goes... I also, I do kind of identify as, like, non-binary because I also feel like I have the divine feminine, divine masculine, and a lot of neutrality as well. And I think it's also, like, which there there are multiple... There are multiple you're like definitions an of gender. I thought you were going to say layers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are multiple defi- there. 
There are multiple <laughs> definitions of yeah. genders, and depending which one you're going off of would be would defend would depend how I tell you what my gender is. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, we're cutting it off now. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is gonna be like one episode or if I'm gonna make this into four because I don't know if I'm yeah. gonna have the episodes each be like an hour long so like I might make this like two half hour episodes but yeah we'll see how yeah. we split this up but it was yeah nice talking with you guys and nice talking with you Rachel thanks <laughs> Thank for you. having me on um and in the future I'll give Rachel, my information to give out to you guys for my own personal podcast. Yeah, but when right she makes now, a podcast, I will let you guys know. Because um, I do have ones in the yeah. work, just nothing public. Uh, as you guys probably know, I do have my website, slowwiththewigglies.com, and I will definitely, whenever you give me your thingy, I'll put that, because it has a little blog section. I'll definitely put a link in there for her stuff, and... As of right now, you can find my Instagram, I think, perhaps, maybe my Snapchat. I don't know. I think it's just my Instagram on there, but you can also find the episodes on there um, and any updates I might post. Again, it's slowwiththewigglies.com. So, <laughs> I said that all, like, slowwiththewigglies.com. It was like a commercial. Yeah. Um, but alrighty, as always, thank you for going slow with the Wigglies with me, your host, Rachel Batson, and co-host right now, my sister, Kayla. Uh, I will see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.